This is Tiny Themes Podcast with your host, Amanda Batts. Hey everyone, it's Amanda. I hope you are having a wonderful week so far. This has been a very exciting weekend over at the Bats house. It has been filled with conventions. I'll be talking more about that in just a minute because we did our first ever Megacon, which was amazing here in Orlando. But first, I have a few Disney updates that I've been seeing and I'm very intrigued about. Item number one, and this is very important if you haven't ever had it, the gray stuff like from Beauty and the Beast the Gray Stuff Cupcake, i.e. the Master's Cupcake is what they really call it, is back at Gaston's Tavern. If y'all have not had the Gray Stuff before, because you can get it at the Beer Guest restaurant as part of the dessert, it's basically a cookies and cream mousse. It's amazing. I actually got to make some of it with Tallulah. They posted a recipe during COVID when we were all in lockdown and the parks were closed on how to make the gray stuff, which was really yummy. So if you haven't gotten to make it before, it's really yummy, but it's extra wonderful when you're getting it at the park. So Gaston's Tavern, you can officially get it again. Also, they just announced a live action remake of Moana with Maui and Moana, the voice actors, reprising the role. So the Rock and Ali'i are going to be reprising their roles, which is super cool. I'm excited to check it out. I have got to admit, I haven't loved a lot of the live action remakes that Disney's done in the recent history, but I'm excited for this one. I saw that Questlove from Jimmy Fallon and The Roots is directing the live action remake of Aristocats. And I gotta say, I'm really curious about that. I love the Aristocats movie. It has always been one of my favorites. It's just so Parisian and wonderful and cat-centric, of course, and jazz. I mean, really, you can't get much better. So I'm really curious to see how he's going to direct it, if it's gonna look like more on the lines of the live-action Lady and the Tramp or like Cats the musical, because we all know how that went. I'm really curious about it. It should be interesting to see because Aristocats is just such an iconic classic and the music is lovely. Can't wait to see what Questlove does. I'm sure he's gonna do a fantastic job with it, but it's really intriguing. Another fun update with Disney Cruise Line celebrating its 25th anniversary, Mickey and Minnie just showcased their 25th anniversary costumes and they are super cute. They're this like Tiffany blue and teal color, very sparkly and glamorous and a little silky too. It's very, very cute. We love Disney Cruise Lines. I haven't been in a really long time. Like I know I've said on the podcast before, because the kids are getting older and can really enjoy Disney Cruise Line Kids Club. I think we're going to have to give it another go because their kids clubs look absolutely incredible. And when we went last time, Tallulah was too young to really appreciate them. So I'm excited to check that out. But the 25th anniversary sounds like a lovely time to get to celebrate. If you've never heard of Dapper Day, it is an unofficial day where guests dress up in old school kind of looks. Most of the time they're from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And it's always a plus if it's a Disney bound form, character inspired colors, looks, accessories without being like cosplay per se. And they usually happen twice a year at Walt Disney World. And then they also happen at Disneyland. And it's really magical being in the parks, even if you're not participating, because every you feel like you just entered like a time warp and it's really, really beautiful. The unfortunate thing is it's always a billion degrees here. So that's why I haven't participated because 
with the kids, I mean, I feel like it might be challenging to wear heels in the park and a cute little dress with, you know, however many crinolines you need underneath. It's very creative and it's absolutely beautiful to see. So if you're going to be at the park April 29th at Epcot, that is the spring Dapper Day event. And then Magic Kingdom is the next day on April 30th. So if you're going to be in the park either of those days, keep an eye out for some folks in Dapper Day attire. Now talking about Disney bounding not being cosplay, I'm going to go heavy on the cosplay today because we are talking Megacon for part of our update this morning. We got to go to Lula and myself this past weekend. It was our first time ever at Megacon, and this apparently was the busiest year that they've ever had. I heard on the news or on the radio that they were expecting 130,000 folks, but apparently last year they saw 140,000 folks. So I'm curious to see what the numbers were. It just ended, I'm recording this on Monday, so it ended yesterday, which was Sunday. So I don't know if they have all those details out to the media yet, but it was absolutely packed. We went on Saturday. I wanted to give you some just tips in general if you've never been to MegaCon, just from our very first experience. And hopefully you'll get to go next year. I'm, it was like absolutely chaotic and crazy with how many people were there, but it was equally such a joy and so much fun. And everyone was so excited to be in costume and excited to be around like-minded folks who really enjoy creativity and getting to experience some really unique looks, getting to interact with some favorite celebrities. It's just a really cool experience. And I'm really glad that we got to go. But logistics wise, if you plan to go next year, parking was different this year than it had been in previous years, and they didn't give you the option in previous years to prepay for parking, but this year they did, and I am beyond thankful that I did. Um, I was in lot one, which I ordered it. I ordered the parking when I bought our tickets to go to the event, which I think I ordered in like February or something like that before they increased the price because there was a certain time frame where the price was a little bit cheaper, like the early bird rate. And then it went up. I booked it when it was still at the early bird rate, but then you could get parking as well. So parking in lot one was a game changer. I knew generally where it was because I've gone to quite a few conventions at the convention center, like the Southern Women's Show, the Home and Garden Show. There are quite a few that we've been to and they've all been great, but I kind of had a gauge of where that was at. And knowing that we wouldn't have to take a shuttle since it was me and Tallulah, it just made life easier. So if you can prepay for parking, I highly recommend taking, I think it was lot one or two were the easiest ones to get in and out of. It made it so much simpler for us. And we saw quite a few lots being closed as we were there. I kept getting updates. The autograph and photo op sessions. Okay. Now this is coming from someone who's relatively new to conventions in general, like Comic-Con kind of conventions. This is my first one that I actually attended. And I was really intrigued because we booked photo sessions or a photo op with both Steve Burns from Blue's Clues, the OG Steve, and the one and only Jody Benson, the voice of Ariel. Both of them were lovely humans to interact with. No, nothing negative about that. But I guess, and I was talking to quite a few people online that this was just kind of standard for conventions. When you have a photo op session, you get like 0.3 seconds, probably no lie, maybe five seconds with whoever you're taking a photo with. That's it. And that includes the photo and getting ready to pose. I couldn't get over how fast they like pushed you through. And it wasn't cheap because the photo op was more expensive than the autograph session. I think next year, and I really enjoyed having the photo because I thought that was really cool. And obviously you're guaranteed that, which was neat. Tallulah made drawings for each of them. So they really enjoyed that. And that was something really special that she got to 
enjoy. I did find it interesting because the autograph session it was a whole different line, a whole different setup because for the photo one, you do get a printout at the end. So I didn't know if maybe they increased the price because of that or what, but the autograph sessions, people definitely seem to spend more time with the celebrity that they were interacting with. I saw some celebrities like coming out from behind the table to come get pictures and hug people and stuff. So I think next time I might want to try doing an autograph session and seeing what the difference is like, because it definitely set felt like there was more interaction time and y'all know how we feel about character interactions at Disney. We love to have that like talking time before the photo. And I know there's some people that hate that. (laughs) So I totally get if that would be why folks are doing the photo op. It's just like in out, you get to kind of have like a quick high bye to them. But that was something that was interesting and new to me for sure. I got to say the cosplayers who were there just absolutely talented. And it was so neat to see how full out everyone went. Like it was amazing. You know, I love Mickey's not so scary Halloween party and I love people watching. We get there earlier before the sun sets because we love to just check out how creative everyone's costumes are. And it was that on steroids. So Tallulah, I asked her what her favorite part of the day was. And she said it was checking out everyone's costumes because she got to meet this monstrous jigglypuff that she thought was amazing. We got to see some people who've created Lego people costumes. We saw Oh my gosh, Star Wars out the wazoo. There was a huge 501st section, which 501st is, it's like the official fan group for Star Wars of folks who create like these incredible cosplay looks. So if you used to go to the parks for Star Wars weekends, the 501st participants, some of them would get to come into the parade in the beginning, which was really cool. And I remember there was, there's some character, who is it that Michael likes? There's one character that's like super rando that Michael loves. Oh my gosh, I gotta ask him. As I wait for Michael to respond to my text, I'll keep going. Although I am not very well versed in anime, I gotta say the cosplays that were there were just so beautiful, so stunning. They did such a fantastic job with them. And I was impressed too as a parent because I wasn't certain how many just costumes in general would be a little bit, you know, inappropriate for a toddler to be around. But there really weren't. Plo Kloon, that's it. That's the guy that Michael loves. Okay. He just texted me. That's that's why I interrupt this message. Um, Plo Kloon was the one. Okay, I'm back now. But why was I even talking about Plo Kloon? Oh, five of first, for sure. So there were just so many fantastic cosplays. I did not see Plo Kloon at the Star Wars section, but the Star Wars section was amazing. The costumes, for the most part, I mean, there were some that were somewhat scary, but I didn't think anything was really terribly inappropriate, which was great. There was one, you remember like when the Grinch and the live action Grinch, he has that robe on with the fake human face because he's trying to blend in, which is slightly creepy just in and of itself. But I'm pretty sure the guy who was dressed up like the Grinch at um, Megacon had done that in the past because <laughs> it's a little looked at him and he was totally in character and he's like, watch you looking at kid. And it was just so funny. And she like loved it. And Tallulah loves characters. So it was totally up her alley. We saw a, I wish I would have taken a picture with him because he was pretty spot on, but we like just walked in and we saw a Kylo, which you know how Tallulah feels about Kylo. He just didn't have the mask on. Looked just like Adam Driver and it was fantastic. And I should have gotten his picture because it was pretty epic and Tallulah was freaking out, but we had just walked in. So we were slightly overwhelmed with everything going on. It's just a really cool experience. There were definitely some tips that I would share if you're bringing a toddler with you 
This is kind of twofold. So I would say bring a stroller. I brought a single stroller just because it was Tallulah and I'm very glad I did because when she got overwhelmed by things, which I mean, there were so many people there. So she definitely did. We just pulled the little sun shield down and she could just kind of lay back and just take some time like to herself, which I thought was really, really helpful. It was also nice for me to be able to have all my stuff kind of in a central area like I do for the park. So like have my cup there available, have the bag of costume changes underneath the stroller. Didn't have to kind of like lug that around like I would if I was just walking with her. The downside is the whole elevator situation there like was not great. There were three floors of different panels and the main floor, of course, and then like where you check in and the family zone was on a different level. And there was only one set of elevators that was able to be used. Spent a lot of our day waiting in line for the elevator. So we got to the point that we just kind of stayed on one floor for quite some time. And then Eventually, if we had to go down to one of our meet and greets or we wanted to explore elsewhere, we just would stay on that floor as long as we needed to and check everything out before going to another floor. But that is something that you do have to consider. I do think I probably, with one kiddo, could have done the escalator, but even the escalators on Saturday were so jam-packed. I would have hated if like something got stuck or we had a situation. So I just waited for the elevator and it was, it was fine. It was just, I had to for sure pack my patience with that. I definitely recommend bringing snacks and drinks with you because they don't have any issues with bringing outside food in. They had a great food court, but I got to say it was probably the most expensive. It was the most expensive Chick-fil-A sandwich I've ever had in my life. Cholula chose Chick-fil-A. They had Papa John's, Chick-fil-A, Nathan's. If you're a local, you know how good Four Rivers is. They have Four Rivers barbecue. That would have been my vote, but we were on a mommy-daughter date, so we went with Chick-fil-A, which I do love a good Chick-fil-A. But it was $13 for just a single sandwich and a bag of chips. Uh, Definitely more than, like, theme park prices, but it was, I think we spent, like, $32 on two chicken sandwiches, two bags of fries, and one brownie. And I was like, ew, this is a painful one. But I gotta say, it led to my favorite time with Tallulah during the day. I loved the actual event. It was great, but we really enjoyed finding, we found like a little spot to picnic in. There was barely any like wall space that wasn't taken up by somebody or table space. The tables were all filled. We found this little tiny nook and then we put the stroller in front of us. So we had like this little tiny area for just the two of us. And we had a fun little mommy daughter picnic. And I got to say those $32 sandwiches were definitely worth it because I really enjoyed getting to spend that time with Tallulah. But I didn't have to buy as much as I would have normally because I did pack snacks. So packing some snacks and drinks for sure were really helpful for us. We just packed a bunch of water bottles underneath the stroller and it just made life a lot more simple when we needed a drink, which we definitely needed a lot of. You could buy water bottles, but even those lines were kind of crazy. But definitely bring some water bottles if you can or snacks especially with a toddler. One of the things that we did this year, and I might get crazy next year, so, um, but costume-wise, we did very simple outfits this year. So for our first one, when we met Steve, Tallulah was dressed in a version of a Blue's Clues toddler dress, and it was really, really cute. And then I just had a Steve shirt, the green striped one. It was simple. I could easily parent in that outfit, and Tallulah was comfortable. She had fun in it. And then we just did our outfit change for Jody Benson, I wore the aerial, like, casual look that was inspired by the, you know, the Ralph Breaks the Internet one when they're all in their loungewear. That was the outfit I wore. 
And then Tallulah wore her aerial on land dress, the Taylor Joel one that I always rave about because they're amazing for in the parks. Also equally amazing at Megacon because it was so comfortable and easy for her. I do think, and I need to control myself, but you know how I feel about costumes. So I might need to do something a little bit more intricate next year, but we'll see how all of that goes. But it was definitely fun and we loved getting to check out what everyone came up with. So we love the idea of keeping the creativity alive when it comes to costumes. There really is so much to see and take in, especially for a toddler. I mean, there was it was overwhelming for me. I brought like an iPad just in case because I didn't know how long we'd be in lines and I brought like coloring books and stuff just in case we did not need that. There were so many people to people watch. There were costumes everywhere. Even if we were in lines, there were lines around us that were moving. So you were always seeing new costumes and it was so much fun for Tallulah, who's four and a half, um, to just check all of that out. And she really enjoyed too, because I prefaced it with all the people that were here in costume. This was like their Halloween kind of costume. This was just a costume. It's not the real person or character or anything like that. So she was aware that these were all costumes and I thought it was really fun because there was this one and I'm not really certain what they're from, but it was like this guy on stilts. He almost looked kind of Transformer-esque, but I know it wasn't a Transformer. But he had all these different armor pieces that he was putting on. We were waiting for our Jody Benson photo op, and he was just right there. So Tallulah saw someone helping him get in, into his like external armor. And he was on stilts and had these like huge costume pieces. And she was overwhelmed by those characters earlier, but she wanted to stop and see him like putting it on. So we talked through all the different elements of like, oh, look at that. He's putting that like sleeve on, which looks like armor. And then he puts a glove on and it clips in here. And and she was really fascinated by that. So that was a, a unique experience that obviously you can't see if you're at like a park or something like that. So that was really, really unique. And I know Tallulah really enjoyed some of the behind the scenes things. But yeah, so that was our Megacon recap. It was absolutely amazing. How am I this far into the episode already? But Megacon was amazing. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot for sure, but I think it was a really special experience. And I have to say, bringing the picture to Steve, because Tallulah drew a picture of Blue, he was just so sweet and hearing his voice was just like so it just brought me back Tallulah gave him the picture and he like got down to her level and said thank you and like signed thank you and I just thought it was so sweet because you could tell it it did like he actually very much cared about it and you could tell that she felt that and she kept wanting to go back and see Mr. Steve and I was like I'm sorry baby that's not how it works it's super special very sweet and I'm excited to see who they have next year I have some story recaps of Megacon that I'll put in my story highlights. So if you want to check out some of the stories that I've just been talking about and a bunch of the cosplay looks that we found and loved, I will absolutely share that. Um, you can check out my Instagram, bibbidi-bobbidi-bats. Now for today's actual episode, we are going to talk about taking a toddler to Epcot. And I know that we don't always think of Epcot as a very toddler-specific park, but there are so many different elements of Epcot that you can enjoy with your toddler and with your family while still enjoying some of the adult aspects like some amazing drinks and food. So I'm going to go through our favorite things to do at Epcot with a toddler. Starting with rides, there are of course some bigger rides like the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, Test Track, Soarin'. So there's definitely some things, Mission Space, that are not 
appropriate for littler kids, but for toddlers, there's actually quite a few rides that don't have any height requirement. Frozen Ever After is a water ride in Norway. It's actually the same track as Maelstrom, which was the water ride that was in Norway before. So if you rode that growing up, that's the same track, but it has a frozen component to it. There is a bit of a drop, but you can take babies on it. It's kind of similar to Pirates, like that style drop, not much at all. But that's a really fun ride. And of course, if your kids are into Frozen, that's always a wonderful one to hit. Now, it does get really busy during the day. So I recommend either starting your day there or going during fireworks if you're staying super late or just keeping an eye on your app to see when those wait times are down or using Genie Plus because it really does get to be a pretty long wait dependent on the day. Usually weekends are worse. Another water ride, but this one does not have a drop, is Grand Fiesta Tour in Mexico. And that one is such a great one. I mean, I can just smell it thinking about <laughs> thinking about that ride. It's such a fun one. My daughter Talula loves the Three Caballeros. It's fun because she loves, I mean, that song is in it. And then of course the Three Caballeros are in the ride itself. So it's a great attraction. You get to go past the folks who are eating dinner within the inside of the Mexico pavilion. It's just a very calm water ride, but you get to check out a lot of different components to the Mexico pavilion while you're on it. Journey into Imagination with Figment is another ride for all ages, no height requirement. And that one is a very whimsical ride. If you haven't gone on it, it's on a track and there's nothing, no drops or anything like that. It's all the same level. So any age can ride and of course, it has Figment in it, which makes it fun. And the kids like looking for him throughout the ride, at least in our crew. Living with the land. This one my mom always loved, and I always used to give her heck about it. But now, as a mom myself, it's such a lovely, peaceful ride. You can find the entrance of it right next to the entrance to Soren, across from Sunshine Seasons in Epcot. And this ride is a slow-moving water ride, and it takes you through the greenhouses, some actual growing areas within Epcot. There's actually a lot for kiddos to see there too, which is fun. So even though it is like a slow-moving ride, and I remember as a teenager being like, ugh, why are we riding this? It's kind of amazing with the toddler because there's a lot for them to see. They still get some outside components, but it's relaxing and you can kind of rest your legs as an, as an adult for a little while. And then Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is actually available for all ages, all, no height requirement. I love that ride. It's so much fun. They shrink you down to the size of a rat and you go through Remy's kitchen. There's some screens, some 3D, 4D components to it. You wear glasses through it. And then there's, of course, like some non-screen elements too. It's a super fun ride. I know there's a couple jumpy parts that freak Tallulah out a little bit. So just be aware of that if your toddler does get a little nervous and let them know that there's a couple parts that kind of jump a little bit at them. But I know we always tell Tallulah she can take her glasses off if she feels uncomfortable or she can just close her eyes, of course. So whatever works best for your crew. But the I love that we can take Vivi on that ride and it's really lovely. It's such a cute ride, so fun and definitely worth checking out if you can. This is another one to start the day with or end the day with if you can, just because the lines get pretty long for this ride. Spaceship Earth, of course, is a classic. No height requirement for that ride. You get to go inside the Epcot Ball, which is really cool. Check out some historical animatronics, which are neat, and it's just so nostalgic. So that's always a fun one to go on, and it's a pretty decently long ride, so it's a fun one to get to check out when you just need a little bit of a breather. Lastly, the only other Epcot ride that you can check out without any height requirement is the Seas with Nemo and Friends. 
This one doesn't tend to have a very long line, which is nice. The queue is very long, but you just are walking during most of it. And it takes you through some of the actual aquariums and through some of the Finding Nemo story. It's just a single track ride and it just keeps you at the same level the whole time. No dips or drops or anything like that. One of the coolest things about this ride takes me to my next element of things that are great at Epcot with a toddler, and that is Sea Base. The Seas with Nemo and Friends ride actually, the exit dips you out into Sea Base, so you're actually inside of Sea Base, which used to be the Living Seas. And then the seas, so if you're familiar with it, it's the aquarium inside of Epcot. So if you go inside, one of the lovely things about it is first and foremost, it's air conditioned, which is always amazing, especially with kids who are running around like crazy in the summer at Disney. So that's a fun place to get to explore. They have two floors of aquariums. You can walk through it however long you need to. They also have a scavenger hunt and it's a Dory scavenger hunt. The kids can get that booklet right when they get off of the ride and it has really fun little stickers and shows them where to check out where the manatees are and where the clownfish are and it's it's a really unique scavenger hunt that anyone can do and it's especially fun for kids to get to fill out all the stickers and see what they can find. There's also an indoor play space inside of Sea Base, and there's sharks that you can kind of crawl up and look like you're being eaten by Bruce, which is kind of funny. And then there's a bunch of different like learning play stations inside, which is fun for kids. And the Turtle Talk with Crush show is also located in Sea Base, and that's where Crush comes out and talks to the guests. It's kind of like if you've done Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, that kind of style, but it's with Crush. So a really fun show for the kiddos, especially if they're Finding Nemo fans. And then of course, it's always lovely to have a restroom located in places like that. So for a toddler who's potty training, this is a wonderful place. They can check out all the exhibits, all the different tanks, and then they can also, you know, do what they need to do. If they need to take a potty break, if they need to play a little bit, check out a show. They can even wrap back around outside and go ride the ride one more time with you. So there's really a lot to do at Sea Base for kids and that's something that's available all the time. Now, as far as festivals go, because there's almost always a festival happening at Epcot and if it isn't happening right then, they're prepping for it. So I'm gonna share some of our favorite things that are only available during festivals. One of the main things is outdoor playgrounds. Every festival has a really amazing outdoor play space for kiddos and toddlers at Epcot. There's usually one half that's more toddler specific, young toddler, and then there's one that's more for like elementary school kids. My kids could spend all day in these playgrounds because they're really fun, they're unique, they're usually themed to some character or some element about the festival which is fun. And they usually have it on turf, which is great because they don't get muddy and dirty and grassy. And it's a nice spot for parents to just get to relax. I love that there's only one entrance and exit for the most part for all of the playgrounds because it just keeps it simpler for the parents. I'm not quite at the stage with my kids that I can just let them totally run and do their thing. But when I get to that stage, it will be absolutely lovely to have that as just to check to make sure that nobody's getting out when they shouldn't be getting out. One of our other favorite things during Flower and Garden specifically is the Butterfly Garden. They have a gorgeous butterfly garden that you can walk through. There's some beautiful plants in there and there's tons of butterflies. And I know our kids love to check them out and they could stay in there as long as they want. When we were on our cruise, there was a butterfly garden in one of the ports and we were gonna go to it, but it was a little bit of a drive. And we said, well, we can just go to Epcot when we get home because we know how much the kiddos love that one. And sometimes if you're lucky and if you come to the beginning of the festival, 
Sometimes it's sponsored. I remember a few years ago, Go Go Squeeze sponsored the Butterfly Garden. So when you would exit the Butterfly Garden, they would give you like a Go Go Squeeze pouch, which for all my toddler parents, you know how incredible Go Go Squeeze pouches are. So we were so excited that they had that as part of it. Now they don't always sponsor every year, but there's usually some sort of sponsor and occasionally a nice chilled applesauce pouch. Another really cool one for flower and garden are the topiaries. So I know my kiddos love to check out the topiaries throughout the park and there's lots of different character topiaries. There's also different animal kind of topiaries. There's like butterflies and bears, things like that. So you can look throughout the entire park and see which topiaries you can find. And it's a fun activity for the kiddos that's not a specific scavenger hunt style, although they do have those available during all the festivals as well that you can pay for, but it's just something fun to be able to do for free in the park and check that out and just see which characters they can find. For Festival of the Arts, the paint by number mural that they offer throughout the festival is something really fun for kiddos to be a part of. You can see it on my Instagram. I kind of share a little bit about the Festival of the Arts and that's a major part of it. But the kiddos love getting to go to the paint by number booth. You get a little tiny foam paintbrush and a color or two with a number on it. And then you just go find that number, fill in the little square box, and you get to be part of the mural. So that's something really fun for kiddos. And at Festival of the Holidays, one of the really unique things to Epcot is you can meet Santa. So I know during COVID, there really weren't many Santa meet and greets available. There was one at Disney Springs, but then the Epcot one was the other one available. Last year, it was at the Odyssey Pavilion and it was just Santa meet and greet. But in years past, Mrs. Claus and Santa have both been out meeting guests in the American Adventure area. And that's something really unique that, of course, the kiddos like to see. Now for World Showcase, I know a lot of folks just automatically go to the amazing food and drinks, but there's so many areas for kiddos to explore. You could spend the whole day in World Showcase with kids and it's a blast. I encourage going early because you can explore each country much more in depth if you go to that back of the park earlier. So start in the back and then work your way forward if you can, or start on one side and work your way around, whatever is easiest for you. The crowds definitely, of course, get larger throughout the day in World Showcase, so it's a great place to start and really dig into each country. I know Morocco has some really amazing alleys and things where you can just go exploring, and that's something that I know the kids absolutely love, and most guests don't go all the way that far back into the pavilion. Same with Japan. Every country honestly has a really fantastic pavilion, and it's fun to explore, even if you just explore a couple in a day's time. They also have KidCot stations, which are available at each country, and they have cultural representatives at each of those. But it's a great place for kids to get to color and enjoy some cultural learnings from the representative, which is fantastic for that country. And it's a lot of fun for the kids to get to be a part of that. And if you've been to Epcot hundreds of times and you want to just keep it fresh and different, I encourage doing the scavenger hunt for the festivals or the Easter egg hunt. Just keeps things fresh and you do pay, I think it's usually about like $9. You get a map and some stickers, you bring it back filled out, then you get to get your completion prize. I know we've had like little plates before that the kids could use when they came home. They're usually just like sweet little trinkets. They had for the Easter egg hunt, you could get Mickey eggs, mini eggs, things like that. So it's a really fun way to get to still do something unique if, it, if you've come to World Showcase many times. I don't recommend doing the scavenger hunt or the egg hunt if this is your first time at World Showcase because there's so much to see and do. I would hate for you to get tainted by having to kind of make it a task. So if this is your first time at World Showcase, just enjoy it with your kids. 
there's so much to see and do without having to do a scavenger hunt. There's also a really fun game too that you can do on the Play Disney app with DuckTales and it's kind of like a scavenger hunt that you could do at any point. So if you're there multiple days, incorporate that into a future day, but the first day just really get to enjoy that. Now characters at Epcot, you can find princesses throughout World Showcase at their respective countries. So usually in France, you can find Belle and Aurora in Morocco, you can see Jasmine, Snow White you can find in Germany, Mulan in China. So there's lots of options. Anna and Elsa have a meet and greet in Norway. Lots of different characters are available throughout World Showcase. Figment will be doing a meet and greet before too long. That one's going to be crazy, but I'm excited for when that happens. And honestly, the easiest Mickey meet and greet on property is available at Pixar's Short Film Festival entrance. So if you're looking to meet Mickey and you don't want to wait in like an hour line, go over to the Pixar Short Film Festival entrance and in the lobby right to your right, you can see Mickey in his classic attire. He's adorable. It's so sweet. And the queue is almost always walk-on, which is great. So you get to meet Mickey just as soon as you get there. Also next door to that is the Disney Visa exclusive meet and greet location. So if you have a Disney Visa, you can actually go over to this exclusive meet and greet area. There's usually two characters, usually of the Fab Five, who are available. And you can take some pictures with them. Photo passes there. The line tends to take a little bit because there's two characters and there's only one queue. And they let you take as long as you want with them, which is really special and sweet. But just know that even though the line looks short, it might take a little bit of time. But it's really fun to get to see two characters at once. And it's a nice perk about being a Disney Visa cardholder. Now the food. The food at Epcot is just next level. I think the best food on property can be found at Epcot, which I think a lot of people also agree with that. But I'm going to go through my favorite sit-downs, quick service, snacks, and drinks. So as far as table service goes, Le Cellier in Canada, it's absolutely my favorite place on property, and it has been for decades. It's a steakhouse. Their poutine is absolutely incredible. My favorite is the beef bourguignon poutine. It is, you could have that as a meal. They have amazing mushroom risotto, and they have a really good wedge salad. That's usually what I order when I go there. Their steaks are fantastic, but I usually am so full by the time I have those, I don't ever even order an entree. That's usually what I get. They also have really good chocolate mousse and a beer cheese soup that's very famous, but it is a very intimate location, so it's hard to get into. So if you want to book a reservation there, make sure you do it as soon as you can. Via Napoli is a great one for kids. It's a pizza place in Italy, but it's very authentic Italian pizza. It's absolutely delicious. The environment is very family friendly. It's a little bit noisy in there, but lovely. And it just feels very homey and wonderful. Beer Garden is another great location for kids because there's an entertainment aspect to it. Plus they have really good mac and cheese. It's a buffet style in Germany and they have a German band playing at certain times throughout the meal. And there's also a dance floor that's open that you can go down and dance with your kiddos and get some of those wiggles out. Garden Grill is also a really fun one. I know I talked about that in last episode about character dining. It's above the entrance for Soren and also Living with the Land. And it rotates. It actually, you overlook the Living with the Land ride. And it's really, really good family style food. And you get to see Mickey and Pluto and Chip and Dale in that dining option. So that's a fun one if you want to do character dining while you're in Epcot. If you're not interested in a table service dining option, there are so many great quick service options. Three of our favorite are Yorkshire Fish and Chips. That is in the UK and they're fantastic. We love going 
right when they open if we can. And then we grab our fish and chips and sit by the lake and just enjoy. And then Les Isles Bakery is fantastic. It is their bakery and they have some sandwiches there. They have like jambon beurre, which is like a ham and butter and cheese sandwich, which is on these freshly made baguettes. They have quiche. They have different croque monsieur, like a grilled ham and cheese sandwich, croissants, and then of course, just like a baguette. They just have lots of great options. And there's amazing pastries also. So you can grab those. We love picnicking and having some pastries together while we're out at the park. So if we go there, we definitely want to grab some pastries before we leave and then have them in a to-go box for later in the day. And in Japan, they have a fantastic sushi quick service location called Katsura Grill. My husband's a big sushi fan, so he loves getting sushi there. They also have ramen bowls and things like that. So it's really yummy. And that place has a fantastic view. It's just this beautiful garden that you have to go up to get to and it is absolutely stunning. As far as snacks go, I gotta say my two favorite kid-friendly options are kakigori, which is in Japan and that's basically shaved ice with, it's basically Italian ice with flavoring and that is so refreshing on a hot summer day. The line is usually pretty long because they do have other drinks there too. The kakigori is great for kiddos just to give them something refreshing and cool and sweet at the same time. At the caramel shop in Germany, They have this amazing butter bar and they've actually, I've noticed it in a couple different spots throughout property that they've been expanding it. I saw it over at the Contemporary and I think I saw it at Magic Kingdom too, but there's, they're definitely bringing it to other places because it's so popular. It's this buttery shortbread kind of cookie at the bottom and then it has this amazing like caramel buttery goodness and some like, like a crumb topping and it is amazing. It's definitely rich, but it's a fun one to take back with you too. And my kids like devour it with me. (laughs) Really, really good. Now, as far as the favorite adult drinks go, my favorite personally is the Citron Limon, which is the Grey Goose slushy in France. It is so good, just super refreshing. It tastes like lemonade and it is insanely good. It's also dangerous because you can't really taste the alcohol in it. And then the grapefruit beer in Germany is amazing. We actually just recently found it at Publix and we were so excited because it's just like absolutely refreshing, which is great out there. And then I know my sister loves sangria and she really likes the Moroccan sangria, which is over in Morocco at the location on the promenade. All those drinks can be found on the promenade. And that's why a lot of the folks that don't have kids, I don't feel like spend as much time in each of the countries, they just mainly stay on that main promenade area. So that is one of the nice things about going to Epcot too. That's the busiest spot, but you can definitely go back into the other countries and explore. So all in all, Epcot is a fantastic place to go with your kiddos. There's so much for them to do, so much for you to enjoy as well. And it really does make for a great day with kids. Disney's really thought it through to make it to make it as fun as possible for kids as much as for parents. One more tip that I have, if you're coming from Magic Kingdom or from a Magic Kingdom resort, I encourage you to take the monorail over to Epcot just because the monorail into Epcot is so much fun. You get to go in through the park before you exit out of the monorail. And it's really fun to get to go through like a world showcase. You can see it from afar while you're on the monorail. And especially with all the construction happening right now, it's fun to see where they're at with all of that. So if you're able to take the monorail to Epcot and do that, if you really want like a nice air conditioned break during your day, you could just leave the park for a little, take the monorail over to Epcot to Magic Kingdom and then just stay on and ride it through. 
that could be something fun to do with your kids if they just need a little bit of a break in the middle of the day and you're not staying on property. But it's really fun to ride the Epcot monorail inside because you really do get to go through the park, which is beautiful. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Megacon and Epcot updates. Feel free to follow our adventures on my Instagram, Bibbity Bobbity Bats. You can find that in the show notes as well. And you can also check out my blog, Tiny Themes Blog, for more information. I look forward to talking with you next week, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. On behalf of myself and one of my favorite little assistants at Tiny Themes Podcast. <laughs>